To express yourself, where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be the Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. Education is the most powerful weapon which you can use to change the world. Nelson Mandela. Hello, and welcome back to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people, a platform to give teens a voice, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of the Be the Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. For today's show, Be The Star You Are wants to thank everyone who has volunteered and supported BTSYA over the years. We are thrilled to be serving the world. If you'd like to help help us celebrate being a top nonprofit with a donation, please visit www.btsya.com. Every dollar counts, and we will use the funds for our outreach programs. Make sure to listen to Express Yourself wherever you listen to radio or music iTunes, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, and more. We broadcast from the Empowerment Channel Voice America Radio, the largest radio network in the world. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Ruhani, and today's show will be all about the importance of education. And in segment two, I will be talking to a reporter, Kevin Chu, with the segment AI and Us. And we'll be discussing how technology impacts education. In segment three, I'll talk to our reporter, Shrania Roy, about different types of intelligence. And right now, I'll be talking to our reporter, Maggie, about ways to make a classroom more accessible for neurodivergent students. Hi, Maggie. Hi, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. So yeah, I wanted to just talk about how um, uh, we can interact with neurodivergent students in our classroom and just how to make the classroom more accessible for them. So just as a little bit of background, in 1975, the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act was passed. Originally, it was known as the Education of Handicapped Children Act, but the name has been changed. And that makes um, public education free to children with disabilities throughout the nation and ensure special education and related services to those children. So I just kind of wanted to be talking about how, um, like, if your school has one of these programs, because I know that not all schools in the U.S. has all of them, which is a topic for another time, but um, how you can really be an inclusive student and an inclusive classmate to everyone in your class, not just, like, neurodivergent students. So, yeah. yeah, I was actually just thinking about how revolutionary the act must have been because oh my gosh, I'm sure before it, um, you know, there were so many, so many like ableist. Well, I mean, at that time there wasn't even a word for how to treat people with disabilities, like lobotomies, yeah. and we're learning about it in psychology, and it's, it's so scary. Mm-hmm. 
oh my gosh, yeah, it's insane. And even to have an act like this, and I'm sure it was not perfect because we still, there's so much more that we can learn about people on the spectrum and about disabilities and intellectual disabilities. But I'm sure at the time that must have been extremely revolutionary to have like that protection of, not protection, but to have that, just like the ability to go to school and the ability to have resources that you need, even if it was a minimum or even if it was like not the best, it still must have been insane. But yeah, yeah. it's. Mm-hmm. It really. I, yeah. So I kind of. So my school, we have this program called the Modern Day Program. And um, we have students on the spectrum. There's about three. There's three in our grade. And um, basically, we have, like, a program for kids. And they have, like, one-to-one student-to-teacher ratios for them. And it's been really, like, and it's a really great program. But we're one of the only schools in our area that has something like that. So it's, like, even now, like, so many years later so many schools just don't have the, these resources, which is so just like, kind of, I don't know. I know that some schools are not financially able to, but it's still just, I don't yeah, know. Definitely. And it's, it's really sad. Um, I think in my school, we have like a club called best buddies and I feel yeah, like yeah. we've talked about it on the show before. It's like a club, which, where you can be like a friend to someone with disability and it's such a nice program. I was a part of it last year. Yeah, that's awesome. We actually, we have a program called Peer Buddies, which is like not only it's, so we don't have best buddies at our school, but it's not only for um, kids. It's not only for like interacting with kids um, on the spectrum or any other kids. It's also basically just how to be a better buddy to all people but we learn um, about, um, like, athletes who are on the spectrum. We learned about a swimmer who was part of the Special Olympics um, last week, and that was really cool. And, like, we meet and we just talk about how things are going at school. We talk about how we can be a better kind of, like, student and a classmate. So these are just kind of stuff that I've learned through that and stuff that I've learned from my own research. So first, I would probably want to say is, that we have to get rid of this like stereotype that all people on the spectrum function the same or they're a set kind of like um, a mold for how a neurodivergent kid should be because I think so many not like everyone is so unique just like period Mm -hmm. but especially people on the spectrum there's not one right way so to speak to have autism or to have ADHD or to have um any sort of like intellectual disability right and I think that some yeah and I think that so many people would like kind of have this notion of what they think it should be and that's very like harmful and invalidating to people on the spectrum who don't fit that very closed kind of notion and that closed kind of stereotype of how they should act and so I think just kind of 
not letting preconceived notions of what you think being on the spectrum is or what you think people on the spectrum are like or any neurodivergent person is like um just like affect your interactions with people on the spectrum and affect you like and affect your like relationships with them and stuff like that yeah totally agree um I feel like Lately, there's been a lot more discussion, and that's great. I feel like oh yeah, just like a few years ago, I don't think the term spectrum was even widely used. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's just come into like people have started using it more recently. I think like Asperger yeah. syndrome used to be. It's like I'm pretty sure yeah, it's and like that has its roots in yeah, um, like I think as um, roots in uh, how we were just learning about this how. That was a term that, like, Nazi doctors would use to differentiate, like, um, it's a very interesting story, but, yes, it was, there's a very complicated history behind Asperger's syndrome and that term, so I think that's, like, something that's, like, kind of, like, gone, Mm -hmm. not many people like to use that term to describe their, like, mm -hmm. people use spectrum now. Yeah, because it is a spectrum, right? It's Mm -hmm. like you said, not everyone will act the same um, with a disability. And we should really get rid of those stereotypes so we could be more inclusive. Yeah. And also um, recognizing that not everyone will learn the same way that you do and not getting frustrated with people just because they aren't picking up a concept as easy as you are or not getting frustrated with yourself because you aren't picking up a concept as easy as you think you should be picking it up. And obviously, like, I'm not going to act like I'm perfect and I've never, like, gotten annoyed with a friend because they didn't understand something that I was trying to explain. But, like, especially with, like, neurodivergent students and even, like, with your friends and, like, with everyone in your class, everyone that you go to school with, everyone that you work with, like, your family and stuff, just realizing that things that come easily to you will not come easily to everyone and that a way that a learning strategy or a way that someone teaches something or that that works, that may work really well to you, but that might, but that not, might not make any sense for the kids in next to you or stuff like that. So I think that's very important to just realize and to really like try to. Try yeah. To, like, yeah. Honestly, I feel like some schools, they do a better job by like tackling this, like making sure, mm-hmm. you know, the pace is like good for everyone. But I feel like that's a yeah. very hard thing to do, especially in like, I know elementary school is like a lot of, I remember we used to do these like reading tests, like they mm-hmm. would the back and see which level you're at and I would always like pretty like not below average but almost but like it just took Mm -hmm. me a while to like become a better reader like I eventually got better so it's like not something that can be milked out of a student it has to come with Mm -hmm. time exactly and um yeah also not like um offering help if someone needs it, especially like neurodivergent student, but not assuming that just because someone is on the spectrum or just because like someone in your class is part of a special education program means that they constantly need help with everything. Yes. Like I feel like so many people fail to realize that 
just because someone looks differently from you, just because someone learns differently from you, just because someone talks differently from you or um, is a nonverbal person does not mean that they are not self-sufficient or does not mean that they are not, like, independent people that can, like, that can, even though they may need some extra help with other tasks, that cannot, like, function on their own. I don't know. Yeah, agree. I think there's that's a larger issue of like babying people with autism or like, yes, I exactly. think you kind of see that in the media with the way people, you know, treat autistic people in general. And mm-hmm. again, especially like like you said, we should always offer help when needed. But like going overboard and you know treating them like they're not their own person is pretty offensive. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like especially with like um. I feel like nonverbal people or people that have a harder time communicating with others. It's just like that doesn't mean that they're not absorbing the information. That doesn't mean that they don't understand what's going on. In some cases it may, but in a lot of other cases it just means that they can't like put into words or it's hard for them to communicate what is like like in formulate like a response to that yeah yeah totally I feel like like I said I think people are doing a better job at addressing it but we have like a long way to go because Mm -hmm. I feel like the conversation has has really just started I mean yeah I feel like there's still some stigma and taboo around like um you know disabilities in general and oh yeah definitely yeah, I think there's so many, like, uh, so many different programs now. Like, Best Buddy does a great job kind of, you know, making them, making people feel more included in general. And I love Peer Buddies at your school where it's, like, everyone, like, no matter if you're, like, neurodivergent or you just need a friend. We really need those mm-hmm. in public schools. Especially. Yeah, of course. And I feel like we do need to have more open, like, conversations about, like, being on the spectrum or having intellectual disabilities and like what it's like to have sensory issues and stuff like that because especially sensory issues that's something that people with anxiety struggle with Mm -hmm. I know with me like when I can get really anxious sometimes when lights are too bright or when like I'm wearing a sweater and it doesn't like it the the like the um the material sorry I lost the word it doesn't feel right on my skin and it's just like these are stuff that aren't so kind of um that aren't so foreign mm-hmm. like sensory issues is not some foreign concept it's something that happens to a lot of us and I think that having more open like conversations about it can really help all people deal with or not deal with better cope with like um sen- like sensory issues that they have yeah and I think in general anxiety is a thing that I feel you know I feel like lately I mean recently it's been probably more discussed before but I know at school it can be really bad especially people with like social anxiety or like mm-hmm. I suffer from really bad test anxiety so especially oh. math <laughs> I'll have like a whole meltdown before I go in and oh my gosh it's like it's really does correlate like the calmer you are the better you're gonna perform and it's like yeah, a thing you struggle with and it's something that should be you know talked about in schools 
Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, and that's why I think it's so important for schools to encourage discussion Mm -hmm. and for schools to encourage people to not only learn about but interact with people that learn differently from them. Because I feel like once we realize that the things that we hear about in the media aren't so foreign to us and that, like, being on the spectrum isn't this foreign concept, it happens to actual people with actual personalities who are independent and free thinking and have like (laughs) talents just like we do just like people I feel like that will definitely really help especially like in classrooms and stuff yeah definitely and mental health issues in general you know the stigma around them should like really go away um you know like at my school there's been so much talk about mental health because we go to, I go to a very like, like notoriously like competitive public high school. Like, uh, yeah, I, I completely understand that. You yeah. Know, yeah. Competition is extreme. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. And then it causes these issues and there's so much, you know, mm-hmm. like there are counseling services available, but it's been recent again. Like my time has been, probably better than like my brother's was because at the time like mental health was still kind of like a new topic that people weren't really you know focusing on it as much as they should yeah no and looping back to the um the um uh, education for people on the spectrum and, and neurodivergent students this program at our school is just three years old mm-hmm. it's like so much of this stuff is so recent and it's like I'm happy that we have it and I'm so happy that these students who have who have not had that resource who have had that um like now it is available to them but still it's like it's insane how just recent some of this stuff is and how far we have to go with programs like this really we do and does your school offer like any like mental health stuff like like mental um, or yeah so my school yeah we are pretty good about mental health we have um social and emotional learning every week this thing called SEL Mm -hmm. and and we can have like open discussions about anxiety and about testing and stuff and it isn't perfect but we have really great teachers and I think everyone even though it's not as talked about and it's not as, like, there is still somewhat of, like, a stigma around it at our school. I think that we have great teachers who definitely will talk to you and will help you through stuff if you're having test anxiety. I know that for my math teacher, she always, like, takes me aside before a test because she knows how nervous I get. And just, like, we do some, like, deep breaths and stuff like that. And even, like, something as simple as that is so helpful. Yeah, just knowing, like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Sorry, sorry that I interrupted you. No, it's fine, I interrupted you first. No, it's okay. (laughs) Yeah, see, this is, like, classic social anxiety, like, not gonna lie. I interrupted you, no. No, We're so great at this. No, we are. I think there's (laughs) that whole, like, ongoing joke about how our generation like can't order at restaurants like oh my gosh yeah no it's insane like we'll like get on the radio and talk about destigmatizing mental health but we won't (laughs) ask for like a ketchup packet no really it's like 
it's stuff like that where it's just like how funny like everything is it's just situational man everything is every everything is we have a large range like I'm actually such an introvert like if you talk to me in Mm -hmm. person like I have trouble making contact with you but like if I talk to you behind Mm -hmm. the screen like we're all good like I'm used oh my gosh yes it's so like um so I'm in like I do a bunch of theater Mm -hmm. uh I could not like I hate singing in front of my family like I hate singing in front of like relatives singing in front of like close friends and I love my family. Like, they're amazing. They have never done anything to make me nervous about it. It's just, like, ooh, it's so scary. But I could go up in front of, like, 500 people that I don't know and sing my heart out. It's stuff like that. And it's, like, I don't know. I feel like everything is so situational. It is. It is. And, yeah, some, like, anxieties, like, innate, like, I just took my, like, AP psych test, and, like, (laughs) the only thing I remember from the course, like, two weeks later is that, like, there's something called, like, the Yerkes-Dodson Law of Arousal, and they say that, like, if you're, like, if you're not too stressed, but you're not too relaxed either, like, that's going to be the best you'll perform in, like, stressful situations. So you have to, like, have a moderate level of stress, but you can't consume you. So just remember that. I'll take that that into account. Perfect. (laughs) Okay. That'll be awesome. That's great. I think... You're a great performer, though, so you don't have to worry. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> what can I say? It took a lot of work. Yeah. yeah. It sure does. It was great to talk to you. I think, yeah, this was an awesome conversation. It really was. And I think we made some great points about how we should destigmatize mental health issues and for our neurodivergent students. And thank you so much for having, um, having this discussion with me. Yeah, thank you. We want to hear your thoughts and we want to answer your questions. So email us at btsyteenradio at gmail.com and make sure you stay tuned for the next segment with Sharanya. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Are you a teenager with lots to say, but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program, Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel and join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com. You can express yourself. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org to make a tax-deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. BeTheStarYouAre.org Be the lucky star you are. 
You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more Hello, information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Um, now, back to right our star teens. reporter Kevin Chu with his segment AI and Us. Um, we'll be hearing about how technology impacts education. Welcome, Kevin. Hi, everybody. I'm Kevin Chu, a reporter for Be The Star You Are. My segment is AI and Us, which talks about how AI can and does affect our lives. Today, I'll discuss how AI is a part of why education and higher education are so important and how AI contributes to education itself. It's been quite widely acknowledged that if humanity doesn't kill itself over, off over the next few decades, which they're not doing a great job of, job of, AI is going to play a massive role in the future. Once it gets advanced enough, it'll probably be able to do all, or at least the majority, of small, smaller or menial tasks. This can range from doing things like constructing buildings or calculating important data. While it would be both convenient and fascinating if AI were to develop to the point where it could do the majority of the work, it would also put many, many people out of jobs, especially the simpler and less complex ones that don't require as much education. This means that in the future, it's going to be much more difficult to make a living if you look at thorough education and that difficulty will only grow over time. For example, there are already robots, albeit expensive ones, that serve as cashiers and waiters in cafes and restaurants. There are even some Amazon stores that use AI to instantly charge for you for whatever you buy. Even if they are expensive, over time, more and more stores will begin to use them. After all, like workers, it's a one-time investment instead of a continuous pay. With workers, you have to pay their salary, and in some cases, even pay for extra benefits. In comparison, AI robots don't need to be paid. Don't need to be paid. Just going to do work and nothing else. In addition, robots are much more robust and harder working with people. They'll always work on max efficiency and will off. You also don't need rest or breaks, which means much fewer AI robots will be required compared to high human workers and can work constantly. You can also be explicitly trusted unless you're hacked, which is honestly pretty, pretty unlikely. I mean, who's going to hack a worker robot? AI workers in the future will just be more trustworthy, cheap, efficient, and useful than human workers. That means a majority of industry and simple labor jobs are going to be removed in the future in favor of AI taking on those roles instead. That means that without a good enough education that can manage you in a decently advanced or complex job, it's going to be difficult to make a living. Yes, people have thought of countermeasures to this problem, such as instating a universal basic income, or UBI, but the UBI will almost definitely cover, job, cover just the basic living expenses with hardly any, any luck to extentate yourself. Now, I don't know about you guys, to live and only live, while it is a privilege, also seems pretty boring to me. In addition, without a job, all a person would have left to do is play and laze around on that. That might sound pretty amusing, but if any of you have reached an incredibly ancient age of almost 16, it's all play and no work is your recipe for disaster. You become able to find the motivation to do anything, and things that want to get excited, you become boring because you do them all the time. Without a job and work to do, fun isn't so fun anymore. I went off track a little, didn't I? Essentially, with the advent of AI, jobs won't be as prevalent anymore, which will lead to a spike in the difficulty of making a living. It could also lead to more degeneration. Lack of jobs produced by the advancement of AI isn't the only thing pushing the importance of education, though. It's also the appearance of a whole new market. All jobs will be taken up by AI in the future, those AI also need to be produced. Because of this, there's likely to be much demand for AI. If a person get the, can get the required education consistently produce an engineer AI in the future, once that technology becomes available, that person will most likely be able to make a comfortable living and land a nice position in a stable company given how desired and profitable those qualities will become somewhat in the near future. 
AI is only limited by how advanced humanity is, and over time, become more and more useful, and by extension, profitable. In the future, it'll become an ever-growing market that one can profit from greatly, but only if you have the knowledge to exploit it. People without an education will be missing out on a fruitful and growing career path that will only continue to grow in the future. AI's applications to education are also incredibly important. Through the use of AI, teachers are able to calculate the proficiency of a certain student in specific areas and thereby personalize their learning experience. This would greatly assist the students in strengthening them in areas where they were previously lacking. For example, in the online learning exercises, the AI can form the tests themselves and control which questions are assigned, testing students on what's lacking to make sure they need, that they know what they need to learn while reinforcing the learning of that subject. Through AI, students are able to study more effectively and precisely than just studying on their own. You can think of the use of AI in schools as mass hiring personal tutors for each student at a very low cost. Even if the AI's teaching, teaching isn't of incredible quality or very focused, it's so much better than having one teacher having to spread the education even among 30 students. While having one teacher spread the education among 30 students doesn't mean that every student gets only one thirtieth of the education, it, is not, it doesn't mean that not every student is taught the way they than best or on what they're lacking. For example, in a math class, let's say a student is struggling a certain unit, like vectors, but it's doing fine and everything else. However, because the teacher has to cater to the entire class and not just one student, lessons starts about evenly between each topic. While that may be fine for most students, it means that the students struggling in vectors doesn't get enough lessons on the topic and it's instead getting lessons about what they already mostly understand instead of what they don't. However, with AI and virtual assessments or learning exercises, or learning exercises lessons like efficiency and vectors can be known properly taken into consideration by giving more questions about vectors and telling them the answer if they get say questions wrong. Through this, the student is given more lessons, even which has a few on how vectors will work and therefore make up for the lacking knowledge on them. This is just a start about AI effects education as well. For the internet and search engines, people had to go find a specific book or an expert on what they wanted to know before they could receive an answer to the question. However, nowadays, just opening up a device and typing this question in the search box is 99.99% likely to get you the answer you need. Because of that, modern education has become much more memory-based than it used to be, since you get the answer in seconds by searching it up instead of spending time flipping through bucks. Now, let's take that a step further with advanced AI. What if, far in the future, everyone just had their own personal digital AI assistant that could do everything that we're learning in school so much faster and quicker? You could just ask it any complex equation or situation where mathematics can apply and it's solved for you. Ask it what the best way to have a patient in the hospital is and it give you the right answer. At that point, what would the point of education even be? Why learn to identify diseases or conditions if an omnipresent AI can do it for us? Why learn all those equations and theorems if an AI can memorize and apply them better than we can? At that point, the current education would be completely pointless. In the future, because of AI, the definition of what AI is, what intelligence is, might change entirely because of what AI would be capable of. AI is a tool that has endless potential, and just like what it was made to do, is much like a human. In its infancy, it's a bit clumsy, but it can still do work. However, when it matures, it's going to be capable of things that can't even be imagined at this point in time. Of course, as it develops and grows, the world will go through the massive change, maybe even a new era. But that's been the case for a very revolutionary invention, by bulb, the wheel, slice bread, and so on. However, while even I, a self-verified AI expert, don't know where the AI would take the word for sure, you can bet it's going to be interesting if nothing else. Wow, Kevin, that was so interesting. And I totally agree with you. I think AI is, has a huge impact on our education system already. And I think in the future, it's going to be even more. So it's exciting to see what's going to happen. And I'm curious to see for specific students, 
How exactly would an AI learn what a student would be struggling at in school? Uh, depends on the complexity of the AI. For simple AI, they would learn the assessments and calculating which types of questions that you got wrong more often. For example, have you heard of Quizlet? I'm yeah. sure, sure most students, I'm sure, yeah. yeah. Basically, is how it works. that's how it works. Like, it, t it sees what gets wrong and then it puts into categories, like if you mastered it, if you started learning it, or if you just somewhere in between. For more complex AI, it might have even more of based on mastery and take into account other factors, like how long you take to take, answer a question, or if it's also connected to another resource, like an online textbook, how long you spend studying on a certain uh, section of that book. Wow. Yeah. Oh. Wow. I think Quizlet, I didn't even take into account how amazing it is. It's genuinely so helpful. I've used it for like everything. And it's all thanks to technology. And you are kind of touching on this um, near the end, but what are the jobs most likely to be taken over first by artificial intelligence? One of the jobs that was really taken over by AI is being an accountant. Accountant's jobs are to calculate and consolidate financial information to make sure taxes and bills are being properly paid and that those records are in order. The largest parts of this job are filing and searching through a multitude of documents and calculations, which are both domains that even the simpler AI completely dominated. Typical math equations are nothing to an AI, and sifting through massive amounts of data is something AI specialized in as well. In addition, the AI user accounting won't need to have any overly, comp overly complicated or expensive features. So it'd be a much cheaper and much more efficient alternative than paying people to be an accountant instead. Another job that might soon be replaced by AI couriers, mailmen, or other similar jobs. While this might be a bit of an oversimplification, the primary dogma of this job is to receive the package, travel to the recipient's house, drop off the package, and rinse and repeat. Of course, the more precise process of dropping off the package in front of the door might be a bit harder, but it can easily be solved by a drone for smaller packages and several for larger ones. Other than that, though, this, the, the technology needed for the rest of the project process is much simpler and most of it already exists today. Packages could be arranged in a way that corresponds to the ordered houses along the most efficient path, while finding the most optimal route of houses already, already exists today and is used in popular programs like Waze and Uber. Wow. Yeah, I think that reflects like this ongoing debate on like whether automation is a good thing or not, because like you said, it's Technology takes jobs, but it also offers more jobs. So it's pretty much like two different sides to the story. And when do you think, you know, the artificial intelligence will become as prevalent as you said they might become? And that includes, you know, taking jobs from people and is changing education entirely, too. For taking jobs, it depends on to which degree you're talking about. If you're talking about if you're discussing jobs, the one asked in the previous question, some simpler ones, maybe a decade max before they come right spread, given how much better of an alternative they are and how close we already are to them. For the jobs in mediocre degree, such as being a policeman or a driver, those, those might take two decades or even more. After all, while they, while they might not make completely independent decisions since their protocols will switch each situation, it would still be fairly difficult. For the hardest jobs, such as management positions, maybe three decades or more. After all, at that point, it's not a conscious decision-making because they have to take into account multiple outside factors and estimate how their decisions would affect the situation. Of course, as the difficulty and advancement of the AI becomes higher and higher, the percentage of those, jo <coughs> percentage of those jobs being taken up by AI will most likely decrease. 
see. And other than, you know, like a universal basic income, how would we solve joblessness from AI prevalency? Uh, another option instead of a UBI is a fairly simple one, just making more jobs. As yeah. society develops, more and more jobs are created for new needs that arise to change in society. For instance, have you heard of cryptocurrency and Bitcoin? They're yes, relatively new. Yeah. In that case, have you also heard of someone called Sam Bankman? Bankman? No, I haven't. He's a young adult, around 26, but he's a multi-billionaire and has started his own company by profiting off of Bitcoin. And he's made, I think, several billions, I think 22.5 billion almost. As you can see, even if jobs, and it's a relatively new, I guess, concept and environment, so, but it's still so successful. So even if, as you can see, even if jobs are taken up by AI, new opportunities will continue to appear and be taken by people. I see. Well, thank you so much, Kevin. It was so great talking to you. And thank you. I learned a lot about AI and how it impacts education. And to our viewers, make sure you stay tuned for our next segment where I'll be talking to Sharanya with her segment. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Are you a teenager with lots to say, but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel. And join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com. You can express yourself. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women families, and youth. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org to make a tax-deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. BeTheStarYouAre.org Be the lucky star you You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hello, everyone. It's Ruhani, and we're still talking about the importance of education. And right now, I'm back with Sharanya about the different types of intelligence. Welcome, Sharanya. Hello. Um, thank you. So, to me, 
Education is a nine-letter word which makes or breaks many people. The common misconception around the world is that education is just meant to make an individual smarter, but that's not it. Education isn't built around just academics. It instigates morals, discipline, and confidence. Education to many is assurance of their abilities of succeeding. And education helps everybody become the best version of themselves. The importance of education cannot be strengthened enough because this concept leads to self-improvement and the improvement of the community that surrounds the individual. All around the world, literacy is held as a metric of one's education, but there are so many other needs for a well-rounded education, such as mathematics and logical comprehension. J.K. Rowling, known for her highly read series, Harry Potter, has completed all three levels of education, and she believes that education is a strong part of someone. Education helps critical thinking and imagination as it opens up new doors. She famously said, We do not need magic to transform our world. We carry all of the power we need inside of ourselves already. This shows that education does not take anything away from you. Instead, education embellishes what you already have to make you a better person. One doesn't have to know all the facts of the world to be well-educated. One doesn't have to solve every mathematical conundrum in the universe to be well-educated. The definition of well-educated is the application of concepts learned to the real world. Reading countless of books makes somebody smarter, but reading the books and applying concepts makes someone educated. We need to understand that education doesn't instill just book smarts. It instills key intelligence called street smarts. So today to emphasize the importance of education, I've written a poem called The Walls of Words. There once was a girl who read every book in the library, cover to cover, The smell of the vintage books and the crack of the binding in the new ones, they called her. They made her see a different world than the unkempt one she lived in. They summoned her to be different, yet the same, to think but feel. The words that were neatly printed on the pages pulled at her heartstrings. Somewhere inside, something was missing in her. Although she traversed a million worlds with different words etched onto the pages, she wanted to do something like all the different characters she read about. The knight who defeated the dragon, the princess who fought an army on her own. She didn't want to be stuck living the lives of others. Without a chance to make her own, in search to make an imprint on this world like those delicately framed words made in her young mind. She set out to make a difference, but everywhere walls grew with ivies grasping into the crevices, keeping her from making her imprint. The walls wouldn't tear down until she realized that these walls were made by her inability to live a story she hasn't read. To live a life where mentors weren't spread throughout every part of the road. 
She needed to learn from the mentors in her books and place them where she saw fit because the velvet-laced books would save her from a deep ocean of knowledge, but they wouldn't save her from the panic of the real world. Thank you. Wow, Sharanya, that was really, really good. And I really love the message you put in the poem, how we're supposed to live our own life also, not just based off books. That was amazing. And I was wondering, because we were talking about education and how important it is, what is your thought on like tertiary education? So college, basically. I think college or university is really important because it helps one get like a better understanding of what they want to do when they start pursuing a career, which you usually do after that. I think it's very important to set your own destiny because you learn how to apply knowledge a bit more in the fields that you like best and you polish your skills more there. Yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, since you're a student, what is your take on the U.S. public education system? I think going to the public school myself, I think that we should be thankful for the strong infrastructure we have that many countries are not that um, fortunate to receive. Mm-hmm. Because education is supposed to be inclusive of every single um, possible area in an individual. And I personally think my school does an amazing job at that. Because going against the popular opinion of not liking school, I'd say I enjoy school and look forward to it every day. Wow, yeah, that's really cool to hear. And I'm glad you enjoy it. And I think, yeah, there's some great reasons to enjoy school. But what are some reasons that you have? Um, I'm not going to say that I enjoy all of my classes thoroughly, but I do enjoy team projects because I learn from them and they're really fun because when you collaborate with others, it makes me learn better and it makes me think outside of the box. And I think personally, that makes me a strong learner and that is the key definition of education. And the teaching of thinking outside of the box is very important to me. Totally agree. And I think schools are doing a great job. Um, I think we can always do better. And I'm sure that's coming along. So thank you so much for being on the show. Um, Unfortunately, we're out of time for today. But as always, we express our gratitude to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment Crew, especially our audio engineer, Josh, Thank you to our guests from across the world and a huge thank you to our listeners for making us a top-rated program. For more information about the Be The Star You Are charity, visit www.bethestarur.org and make sure you find us on Instagram at Express Yourself Radio. Remember, education is ongoing and never stop learning. Education is the most powerful weapon which you can use to change the world. Always remember to speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine. Between the lines If you would let yourself